Would you rather be a man or an elf? That's that's tough because you're you you got a lot of different things at play here. Hugely different lifespans. Well, if you're Aragon, who's elf. a man, Aragon's a man, and he's like what, like three hundred. Yeah, but he's like it's like the chosen. Well, you can you can be the chosen. I thought I was just a man. And now I'm telling you, you can be Aragon. get there we'll get there but first we gotta we gotta start this show because it's thursday and it's not just any thursday it's thursday on underdogs which means it's thirsty thursday september 24th 2020 um my name is jacob eman for now i might be boromir later we're not sure uh david patrick fleming is with me i think he would choose elves over mans if he was gonna choose it sounds like no he's choosing man I told you I would be Aragon. If we're choosing Lord of the Rings characters, it's Aragon for sure. I'm not choosing well, an elf. You, this is not what you posed to me in the pre-show. You posed to me, would you rather be a man or an elf? You didn't say, like, would you rather be Aragon or elf? Like, obviously you choose Aragon. He's, he's, he's the most badass, like, man in, in, in Middle-earth's history. Then why are you choosing Boromir? I didn't tell you to choose Boromir. Aragon was still available when you said Boromir. Well, I just told you I... I I don't like think of myself as an Aragon. Obviously, I would want to be an Aragon if I could choose that. But knowing who I am and the, and what reflects me, I I accurately chose Boromir. <laughs> Never in the history of underdogs have we started the show with such a, uh, a, a weirdly specific conversation in the midst of happening. <laughs> <laughs> and they haven't even had their booze yet. Okay, let yeah, let's have our booze. Let's uh, let's let's drink up. All right, cheers, everyone. I'm just gonna let everybody know this is the oh. second time. This is the second time in like a month where I'm chugging booze in the morning and I have a dentist appointment. Dentist is gonna be like, my man, you show up here once with booze on your breast, I'll let it slide. Two times Thursday afternoon, you waddle in here reeking like moonshine and you make me work on your open trap for two hours okay so <sighs> what's happening today at the dentist david what 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 do we got going on today they just is looking to see because you because they no. fucked it up last time or what cleaning it's a cleaning oh it's just a cleaning what do you mean just a cleaning it's still an open mouth just wafting booze into his eyes for an hour probably well, two cleaning, hours i said cleaning him, it away i had to say to him i had to, i called him and i was like Hey, I don't like bringing this up, but I feel like I need to be transparent. I haven't had my teeth cleaned in a decade, so uh, it might take clear longer. the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what he, he was basically like. Okay, I guess I'll take a little bit uh, more of a chunk of time. No problem. Uh, so ten years, you say? Yeah, ten years. Yeah, that was like me last time. It wasn't quite. It wasn't quite the ten years. But maybe maybe you'll have my experience, and they'll be like, "Wow, this is impressive." How I don't know how this ha has happened. I feel like he'll he'll have his foot up on the chair, getting, <laughs> trying to get leverage with that little picky thing. They, man, things have changed. Things have changed the way they do these. They have they have new tools, new technologies that they use in these cleanings. They, I I don't know if if your place will do this before. I got my last cleaning. They had like this like toothbrush thing that was going in and taking 
pictures. It's got like a camera on it so they can they can see what's going on other than just x-rays. You saying you got a better dentist than me? Yeah. Oh, you're saying you don't think I can afford a dentist that has a picture on the toothbrush? Well, um, yeah, I guess so. This place that I got, man, I go to, it's like uh, it's like this uh, what is it? What are those called? Co- covens? Covens? Coven? I have no idea what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it's only women that work here. I saw a man once and I was like, what's he doing here? It's like, you guys let men work here? He was like, yeah, yeah, we he he he's allowed <laughs> otherwise it's just it's just ladies everywhere sounds all right to me yeah king west dental man check it out dr venus sobi she's my she's my dentist she takes care of me except for the fact that my mouth is still um really messed up from when i got my wisdom teeth out and the nerve damage might be <laughs> irreparable <laughs> well i was going to show up there I just peek in. So, uh, you guys taking on new patients? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, <laughs> enough about that. Let's talk about baseball, right? Oy. Enough of women. Let's talk about this man's only sport. <laughs> Are, would would a woman be allowed if she was if she was uh, capable? Like, if she could, you know, compete with with men, would she be allowed to be in a major league baseball? Or is there a rule somewhere that says men only? Do you know that? There's no rule. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. I guess they made that TV show about it. They wouldn't make that TV show with that female pitcher if it wasn't possible. Yeah, she for sure would be allowed. Could you imagine walking into the climate that our world exists in today and the MLB says you can't play because you're a woman? There's no way. I I could imagine that, actually. (laughs) I could very easily imagine that. I always wondered how we would get canceled. And I, you know, really, really uh, used, like wasn't sure how it happened, but it's probably this conversation. This is probably what buries us at sea. Really? I'm just, I'm just po- positing a, a question. I would like to see a woman in the MLB. I think that'd be cool, especially if she hit dongs. Yeah. I mean, you can coach as a woman in the MLB. You can, yeah. you can be a trainer as a woman in the MLB. There's no yes. reason why you couldn't, uh, if you could, uh, compete at a major league level, you'd be able to do it. The problem would be, um, it would be so difficult to come up through all the leagues and all of the hurdles you'd have to try to get over to just be respected and seen and acknowledged. That's that's what would be really tough. All right, uh, let's get a game diary on. Let's ah, go s- fuck. Yeah, let's let's get a game diary going here. We got a we got a guest introduction from the game diary. Play that now, Brittany. Take it away. Game diary. Game, 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 game. Okay, 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 okay. Make it good, David. Make it I can't, I can't, I can't actually do it. I can't actually make it good. But here's what I'll say. This game is brought to you by Mr. Sub. Uh, what? How are these guys still around? Oh, fuck. How are they? Uh, I'm like a little uh, three ounce bourbon to get you to you get right in the mood to get your eyes working at their premium level. I'm buzzing, man. I'm- <laughs> <laughs> this game is brought to you by Mr. Sub. Uh, what? 
How are they still around? Guys, who is eating cold cut subs? And I'm actually asking that. Mr. Sub has enough money to sponsor a pro baseball team? Guys, that's not right. Means someone out there is eating these. Guys, that's not cool. And I'm going to find out who that is. If you're starving, just eat your pillow if you have to. Okay. All right. Full disclosure, I'm writing this after the game. So, yes, the Jays had a shot to clinch, but they don't. Jansen is back in for Kirk, and it's Robbie Ray against Masahiro Tanaka. In the first, Ray gets judged to pop up, and Vladdy's body language lets you know right away he ain't catching it. And he doesn't. But Ray strikes out Judge and Stanton, and damn, he looks good. Bottom of one, Biggio walks, Teoscar singles on a crazy hop up the middle, and then Vladdy drives in Biggio with a single. It's one zip. Sanchez tries to pick off the speed demon Guerrero at first, and the throw gets away, and Hernandez scores two zip. Let's go to the second. Ray walks, Boyd walks, Hicks, Ursula single. Fuck. I keep saying Ursula. Let's go to the second. Ray walks, Boyd walks, Hicks, Urshela single, bases juice like I wish I was to avoid gynecomastia, and another cross up on a pitch that almost kills another umpire, and the Yanks score 2 1. Buck complains about the speed. Buck complains about the pitch sequences saying something like, <laughs> Did you have to admit he makes a good point? Danny Jansen rips a double and says, Kirk who? And we say, Alejandro. We love him. He's the love of our lives. In the third, Vladdy smashes a double and Grishik scores and it's 3-1. Yeah, Vladdy, eat, baby. Eat them, Mr. Subs. Guriel Nob. Guriel nubs one for an infield hit. First and third for Shaw. And let's go to a commercial break, and we'll be back right after this. Yesterday, I was listening to my favorite podcast, The Underdogs, uh, your daily Blue Jays podcast, and there's a comment about uh, enjoying yogurt and being able to visibly demonstrate that. Um, so I thought it was a perfect opportunity to give you a taste of the world-famous Icelandic skier yogurt, but icy skier uh, and you know, it's protein raked, fit to laust. So, it should be pretty enjoyable. It's strawberry flavor. Uh, and yeah, let's give it a taste. Mmm. 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 Very creamy, smooth, nice strawberry flavor. Mmm. Yeah. Mmm. That's good. Ray grunts like he's a lobster fisherman throwing rocks at his boss's house for not paying him his due. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so stupid. In the fourth, Jansen blasts a dinger and says, Take me back, girl. Take me back. No, it's over. We can't help it. It's just our truth. 4-1 Jays. With Biggio and Bichette on, Grishik singles and drives in Cavan. It's 5-1. In the fifth, huge moment. Crockfather, AJ Cole on the mound. He walks Aaron Judge and... He walks Aaron Judge and the bases are juiced with nobody out for Stanton, Voight, and Torres. Papa Croc strikes out Stanton. Voight pops out, two away. Torres flies out. It's a crock out. A crock out. Jansen singles again and he's three for three and it's like he's trying too hard. Just let it go, man. We moved on. Find someone else. Just be yourself. The guy who strikes out a wicked ton. In the six, it's Ross Stripling and be still my cold dead heart. It's a one, two, three inning. In the six with Sessa on the mound. Bases loaded for the savior, the king. 
Prince Laddie G Jr. He chops it to third, a force out, but the run scores. It's 6-1. Up next, it's Lourdes G Jr. Singles to left, and Grishik scores. It's 7-1. Shaw breaks his bat, singles into right, and it's the first G Jr. scores. 8-1. Panic walks. Juice for Jansen. He's plunked, and it's 9-1. Juice for Biggio. Ripped into right field. It's a double. 11-1. Two on for Bichette. drills it to center, and Hicks can't grab it. It's a two-run double. 13-1. Up next, Teo. Teo and the Teo eye ah, flies out. Now these blowouts are actually pretty boring, to be honest. Buck and Dan have a 30-second horrendously awkward combo about his Grishik a good-looking man. Their voices go up way too much with tight laughters. Relax, guys. He's fucking gorgeous. It's the eighth inning, and Eric Kratz on the mound, lobbing knucklers, and Jansen bags. Jansen bangs another dinger. Relax, dude. We've made up our mind. Just stop texting us. We're trying to sleep. 14-1 is your final, and the magic number is one. I don't... I, I got a bone to pick, as per usual, with your with your food problems. What are... what's? There's nothing wrong with cold cuts. Dude... Yeah, in the 90s, what are you, an 80s construction worker? You're just eating cold cut subs when you don't have to? What kind of rush are you in? I love Subway. I love Subway. We're not talking about Subway, but even still, Subway's not. Remember when you were young and you were told that Subway was the healthy choice? Now you go in there now and you're like, what is that smell? And they're like, bread. And you're like, I smelled bread before. That ain't bread. (laughs) <laughs> that doesn't mean there's not a plethora of vegetables that you're getting more vegetables than you get when you order a, a, a harvey's double double burger with with extra harvey's you ever been to a subway where the person behind the counter was above 14 years old you think they're taking care of those vegetables in a good way for you you think they haven't been sitting in those little plastic inserts for longer than two weeks there ain't shit in those vegetables that's doing anything for you they're very cold. There's 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 <laughs> cooling mechanisms underneath the vegetables. Don't hey, ru- uh, don't try and ruin <laughs> Subway for me. You know they they try hard enough with the smell of it. <laughs> Subway now apologizes for the smell. It's a foot of food. Think about that. You're eating a foot of food. They're measuring it in distance. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want a foot of food? Well, what is it? Who cares? It's a foot of it. This is the problem with Thirsty Thursday, folks. This is the problem. <laughs> I'm going to have another swig here. And then we're oh, gonna please get... don't. Yeah, then we're Just gonna... <laughs> please stop drinking, please. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, baby. Thirsty <laughs> Thursday. You know what's funny about that? Like, uh, like, I say dog and baby on this show all the time. Like, what up, baby? Yo, my dogs. I don't say that in real life ever. Never, never, never. But some reason we crack on these mics. We're doing a sports show. And I'm like, yo, my baby, look it out, dogs. Well, I, there's something wrong with me because I use those that <laughs> lingo all of the time in my real life. No, that's better because you're consistent. When I'm speaking to my dog, Bruce, I'm like, hello, dog. You are a dog. <laughs> uh, you texted me last night. Uh, um, we're, uh, I knew we were going to talk. I cut that out of the diary. What? Are you talking about the bow sliding into second with his helmet coming off? Oh, no, I wasn't, but since you brought it up, <laughs> let's let's discuss it. Mr. David, the, the problem with helmet. Obishak got in a uh, strike him out, throw him out, double play. He was gunned out at second base. His helmet popped off, and Jacob thinks the only reason that he was thrown out at second is because his helmet popped off. Yes, his helmet popped off, and it may have obscured his vision, but he's out by a long shot. What do you mean he's out by a long shot? He's it wasn't even out close. by like four the... feet. He's out by like four feet. No. 
How is he out by four feet? The his, ball his... gets there when he, there's like four feet left, and then and then it's uh, helmet off, tag, whatever. I don't know what you watch. Like I don't know how like your vision. Like you I have Teletubbies on my laptop, and then I'm glancing at the game. So that's what I'm watching. Mostly Teletubbies, but then every now and then the game. He's his hand is at the bag. His hand is over the bag when he gets the tag, and instead of putting his hand just moving it to the left to to tag the the base instead he goes right for the glove because he's just been smashed in the head with a helmet his vision's obscured his hair's flying all over the place he doesn't know where he is and he touches the glove instead of the bag okay so then here's my beef with you now if that's true let's just assume it's true even though that's not true but let's assume it's true for a second your your beef with that was that he cares more about his hair than winning what do you think it is about his hair that's popping that helmet off i i don't know well part part of it is that I guess he likes that the helmet comes off. He likes. You I think. You don't that, know that. No, no, I no. You know it. You know. <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> tell me how much. <laughs> yeah. Tell me that you've seen him running the bases, and as he's running, he just gives his head a slight little. He's, he, you know, it's it might come off as it is, and that's probably why he does this. But then he just gives a little flick back of the head. He flies the the helmet off the head so he can let his hair run free behind him like a horse's mane galloping, and he just flows through the base paths and he gets that hair out you know that that's why he has that loose helmet he chooses uh -uh. a helmet size that's too big for him so that he can do that uh -uh. that's just efficiency my baby dog he's just wants that helmet off to be more aerodynamic so he can rustle through the wind and rip through the wind and hit his top sprint speed every now and then what happens the helmet covers his eyes that's the risk you take when you're Bo baby dog bichette well he would have been safe if he if he cared less about that that's all I'm saying. Get a tighter helmet or get a haircut. No. If 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 he gets a haircut during the season, that's a problem. He shows up next season with a haircut. Now nah, that's one thing. He gets a haircut now. What would you think if game one of the playoffs, nothing has been mentioned about this, and then doon, 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 up comes to the bat, Vladdy Guerrero Jr., and he's shaved his head? Would you be like, fuck yeah, here we go? Maybe. He might he might look like pretty intense if he did that yeah i think he'd look a lot more jacked like burly all of a sudden without without the without the dreads i don't i, I don't know I, I i might be into it we'll, we'll see we'll see um <clears throat> fuck i was just thinking about something you were gonna initially call say something to me that i texted you last night about something well before before we get to that i do remember what i wanted to say though <laughs> Um, if if Bo was going to get a haircut, what, like I was thinking about this, what what would he even get? What would what go would look like, good on him? Like a, a really short clippers, like shaved head, sort of sort of a fade around the side, maybe a two on the top. He's going down to like a one or a two on top. Two on top and then two on top, zero on the side. Like he's going like zero, like jarhead. You're talking about a jarhead military cut. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, I think he'd look. I think well, maybe. Not. I don't know why you want him to cut his hair. First off, like I'm not uh, advocating for him to cut his hair. You have hair like that. You you let that do its thing until it topples out onto the field. I guess. I yeah. Well, maybe it's partially that. Just worried about his his mental health if it does start <laughs> um, miniaturizing 
And as it starts to miniaturize, it starts to the the color of it starts to change. It starts to be a bit lighter around the temporal lobe, and then all of a sudden he starts getting in the shower and he's finding hairs between his fingers that were never there before. And he starts thinking about that instead of thinking about his plate appearances. And then, and then it's just a slippery, slippery slope to that's all he's thinking about. So why not get ahead of it now? Get a little haircut. Not not have the whole world just thinking about your hair. Why not just microdose a little bit of finasteride and then just let it go and then not even think about it? You get on top of that shit before it even happens. And to be fair, I'm not even sure why you're so certain that he's going to lose his hair. He's got a beautiful hairline. Maybe his hair is not uh, as thick, but it's very full and it's got a great line to it. There's no recession whatsoever. There's no thinning at the temporals. Uh, And I don't know why you have to put him under this microscope it's kind of like what what we do to vladdy with his body and now we're doing it to bow and we're bad parents jacob we're really really bad parents we don't know how to just let our kids be and i'm and i'm sick of it i'm, I'm sick of it jacob you're right let's 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 just drop it let's let's let him be and the whole i i just thought it could be cool you know maybe it would it would be fun for him to do a kind of heel turn he would go from like this yeah, what did you hero. mean by that i don't know what you meant by heel turn you said that to me last are you night. familiar with wrestling no. So I had it, you know, thumb wrestlers as a kid, and I would just put them on my thumbs and bash them straight into each other and use voices to talk them. But that's, that's where my extent of wrestling comes from. Right. So in wrestling, there's like good guys, and then there's bad guys, right? You know that. It's like the guys that everyone hates, and they put the music on, and they do stuff that annoys everyone. They fight the people that are the heroes. And those guys are called heels. And from time to time in wrestling, they will they will flip people back and forth and they will manipulate you and turn heroes into heels so that they can be villains for a little while and then have, you know, turn them back and forth. And I was thinking it'd be cool for Bo, who's this kind of hero. He's got the long locks. He's like a, 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 a Disney prince, you know, and he's, he's all jovial laughing. I was thinking, what if we, we did a heel turn with him and it included a haircut. He became like more aggressive. It wasn't, it wasn't all just about being this beautiful bow anymore. I don't think it's ever been about being a beautiful bow. I think that you're putting a lot onto him based on his hair. And you, you say like he's like laughing and being jovial. Bo's pretty intense most of the time. Anytime the camera's on him, he's either seething about getting out or he's kind of like has a half smirk about his blazing erection that he has under his jock strap about what he just did that's good and that he knows what people are going to start to think about him and how his dad will validate him and how he knows that he's like the second coming for this team. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Um, You texted me. No, let's get to what you did text me. You texted me last night something about something you missed yesterday when I said I would DH Randall Grichuk in my playoff roster and you had missed it in the show and you wanted to ask me about it you thought it was something we should you 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 would ask me about if you had if you had been listening properly and not distracted by Alejandro Kirk yeah uh I do find it strange that you would take Randall out of playing in any position in the outfield, I know you put Jonathan Davis in center, so that would put Randall on either of the corners. Obviously, you're not going to make Guriel move, so he's going to play right field. And Randall's a consistent guy who you can rely on in the field. And I know 
Hernandez has been okay lately, but he does have that kind of blunder factor to him that Randall Grishik does not have. So I just thought it was curious as to why you would DH Randall Grishik over Teoscar Hernandez. Well, I guess when I was thinking of it, my thought was, okay, first of all, Jonathan Davis is the best defensive player that we have on the team, right? I think we, we can agree on that in terms of someone who isn't an everyday player that we were going to add into uh, into a lineup, he would be the best person that we could upgrade our defense with, right? But you could still switch around regardless. Um, you mean like put Randall Grichuk in right field instead and have Teoscar Te- DH? Yeah, that, that's, initially that's that would be the option. It would be that right away you put uh, Randall Grichuk in right field you have teoscar dh and even if it came down to it where you needed to pin shit for jonathan davis or something teoscar can play center field yes he has he has the he has the reps in center field so you could do that uh little swap right away now i don't think you would take davis out too late in the game because you want his defense and that sort of hamstrings you a little bit but i just didn't understand necessarily why you were certain that uh, teoscar starts in the field over Randall Grishik. And Randall Grishik's like very seldomly a DH, so it also takes him off of his rhythm a little bit. Well, yeah, I mean, Teoscar hasn't DH'd much this this year either, and I just feel like Teoscar has been the best player on the team, and I don't want to mess with anything with him, even even if he is less of a defender as, as Grichik and I want to keep him involved in the game for the whole game. I don't want to make me, I don't want him having any thought in his head that I think he's less than anyone. I want him to think he's the best and I can handle Grichik being, uh, you know, aware of, of how good of a defender Davis is and knowing that his, his bat is still in the game and not, not getting in his head as much about it. And, and if we did get in his head as much, it's not a, as huge of a loss, uh, losing a bit of Grichik production as, as it would be to lose a bit of, uh, uh, Oscar production. So that, that was my thinking there. Yeah. My mind, when you were just saying that, I was like, well, why don't you put Randall left field? But then that sort of creates other problems and you get Guriel DHing. Yeah, I don't know. Has I, I guess Guriel's DH'd a couple of times. I don't know. I just uh, it, it, it was just it was just where I went to. Look, I'm cool with some different options there. I'd I'd be cool considering having the usuals um, in there without Davis um, in the outfield and having maybe Kirk DH, maybe Travis Shaw DH. Depending, isn't on that if he gets crazy hot. that you say Kirk DH? Like how quickly that becomes an option? They were talking about that on the broadcast last night. And it's just so funny to me how quickly these narratives are created in a ba- in a major league baseball season. Even though we know anybody who's watched a bunch of seasons of baseball know that a guy can be hot for three games and then never you'll never see that again. A guy can be hot for yep. a month, whatever. Uh, you take JC JP Aaron Cebio who came onto this team. I think his first game he had two home runs. He was like a bunch of RBIs, and we were like, oh my god, this guy's amazing. And then <laughs> not in the major leagues anymore. But yeah. now all of a sudden, this kid who's 21 years old, hasn't played above A, had a really great game and has you know, still been getting hits in his other opportunities. And we're like, well, maybe he DHs in a playoff game. And again, that's partially because of the short season this year. I mean, if this was 162 games, Danny Jansen might still finish as a massive offensive catcher or one of the best offensive catchers, you know, coming back from having a terrible start. You know, his... his, his uh, what does batting average go up like 20 points last night? 
like we have hardly played any games in the context of a normal season. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a third of what a normal like this, season it's, is. It's, like. What is it like the start of like the end of May right now in a normal season? <sighs> that's that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. crazy. Was he flexing last night? I think well, he, he was feeling he was feeling it right. He woke up and it said, "You know what? I I got I got I got something to prove here today." I got to go out there and I got to I got to hit the ball. They were talking about that on the broadcast last night and they were saying, you know, he's never really had that push from anybody. Yeah, Reese McGuire had uh, some good production at the end of last year, yep. but it was never he was never really threatening Jansen's spot, but then, you know, Jansen's offense has been awful this year and then you get Kirk coming up and everybody's eye turns to him. It's like, "Oh, well, if you can hit like this and you're still catching these pitchers, then maybe we ride you for a little bit. And, you know, maybe Jansen just had a good game. Maybe it was just one of those games, you know, he's hit Tanaka before. and But it's such an easy thing to read into. He hasn't hit Kratz before, though. <laughs> <laughs> he's never seen Kratz in his career and he hit a dinger <laughs> off him. And these games, fuck. He, just, like, got- but I'll, I guess I bring that up because he was a star prospect a big-time prospect in the major leagues for his bat more than his defense. He wasn't known for his defense. He was known... He he was coming up through the minors and making it to the big leagues because of his bat. But I think also there's just such a demand on him right now with the pitching staff and also with this whole Astros scandal with what went on with the Red Sox and and the reason that signs are becoming more complicated there's so many sign sequences that the catchers have to be aware of the pitcher that's why we're seeing these umpires get drilled in the face mm-hmm. and in the shoulder these umpires are just like they must be terrified back there and so when the umpire you know makes a bad call and people yell at them it's like you have any idea what it's like to be back here with missiles coming at you and you guys aren't even on the same page with your signs because of what the astros have kind of done to major league baseball and so I think there's just a huge ask on him that he never even had to consider when he was in the minor leagues. And I don't know. I don't, obviously, we don't want to make too much of him having one good game either. But I think that the upgrade to all of that stuff is more overwhelming than we consider. Yeah. I wish I had a better idea uh, of what all of that other stuff is. I understand that there's a lot of it and that he has to spend probably a, a massive amount of time looking at looking at both the pitchers that he has on his teams as well as preparing by looking at video and stats of the other hitters of the guys who are coming up against them and how they can attack them and what sequences and what pitches will be good to get those guys out. But can't can't someone else do that work a bit and just like give him the information so he can like think about getting hits? But I think it's it comes down to different pitchers working in different ways. Like you catch Ryu and Ryu is like an artist. He's like, I like to go out there and just feel it, baby. And I like, I want to just like paint, throw paint at the wall and I want you to be there with me. And if we can jive on the same page, then we can ride this wave to the victory. And then you get Tanner Roark who's like, I, I got some pitches and it's up to you. You, you tell me what to throw and, and, and if it gets hit, it's your fault. It's yeah. your fault. And that's not, that's not me. That's your fault. And then you get Taiwan Walker, he's never met in his life. And then he comes in here and has to catch him and they're trying to get to know each other. You got Robbie Ray, who's like 
my man, sometimes I'm in the zone and sometimes I ain't. I don't know and you don't know. Figure it out. <laughs> you know, it's like it's got to be tough. <laughs> it does. It does. I guess I'm just wondering the way that the game is with these with these armbands, with, with the pitchers that are shaking them off all the time anyways. Why? why not just take a little load off of that and start just going into every game thinking, okay, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to catch. I'm going to put the finger down. If he doesn't want that, that's his call. That's his call. I'll let him, I'll let those pitchers worry about it. I'm going to start worrying about helping this team offensively and getting out there and seeing pitches to hit and driving some balls. Because maybe when you're in the big leagues, there's this precedent that's created where it's like, Oh, Danny doesn't know how to call a game. Like if the if the dugout sees the pitcher nodding, they're like, "Oh, Danny's not on the same page. Danny's not on the same page." And so you you try to you want to be that guy who's good to throw to. You want to be on the same page with your starting pitcher, and that's something that could get in your head, something that could like give you anxiety, something that you're constantly trying to figure out where maybe when Kirk comes in they're just like Kirk you've never been here before we're going to tell uh the pitcher's just going to tell you what he's throwing and then he's yeah. like sweet now I can hit I wonder if Danny doesn't read hitters well yeah maybe I wonder if he just doesn't like have a good instinct for what what a hitter's done like you know like so much when I watch those uh, breaking points with Trevor Bauer and he starts like the amount of information that he gets that I don't see like at all until he starts pointing them out of like the way the way a hitter reacted to a ball being on the inner third and like uh, this was like one of the most eye-opening moments of me when I watched one of Trevor Bauer's breaking points and learning about how hitters are reacting to your pitches he was talking about a guy who was he was in the box uh, Trevor Bauer threw a pitch that was not inside. It was a strike, but it was on the inner third of the plate, and the guy like kicked out, kicked out his legs, and like felt like it looked like he reacted to the ball, like was going to hit him. And so Trevor's like, so if I see that, I know that the guy is looking for a ball on the outside, and that he got really surprised by me throwing something inside, and so he felt like that was going to hit him because his eye line was so far on the outside of the plate looking for that. I was like, whoa, that just blew my mind. Yeah, there was another one too where he was talking about he threw an, a slider that broke off the plate down and away to a right-handed hitter. And the right-handed hitter just mildly checked his bat to the ball. It was very subtle. It wasn't even close to you know asking the umpire if he went around. It was just, and then Bauer's like, and he just sold himself out on that. I know exactly what to throw next. Do you know what I mean? That kind of information, like what does that tell you? You might be right. Maybe Danny Jansen either isn't in a place where he's given enough agency to trust himself, and so he's guessing, or maybe he's just not good at it. Right. I don't know. Or, you know, there's another option that he is good at it and there's other factors at play. Yeah. And that the pitcher's seeing something different. And in any case, Danny Jansen is feeling a lot of pressure right now. He knows that he needs to get hits. He, you know, who knows? Maybe he listened to underdogs and heard that, that Alejandro Kirk was only 10 hits away from tying him this season in like seven games. Who knows? But I. I it think is it really funny, though, that he specifically goes four for four when Kirk's big night was four for four. Yeah. And he kind of, you know, ups him with an extra home run, even though, yes. you know, one's off Eric's Kratz knuckleball, whatever. I mean, it doesn't really count, but uh, it's just an interesting, it's an interesting yeah. storyline. All right. Well, final thing here for you, David. 
you're a fan of the expanded playoffs, yeah? I certainly like it when we make the playoffs. Well, so, yeah. You know, like I think I, I, I don't have a, I think it, you know, gets more fans into their team, has more excitement. I think it's, it's not a, an egregious amount of teams making the playoffs. It's basically like most other major sports. Um, and so, yeah, as a Blue Jays fan, I fucking love it. But do you think you'd feel the same if the Blue Jays were a first place team, for example, next year, and we did even play somewhere closer to 162, and at the end of the, at the end of that, we're first place in the division, and we're playing maybe an eighth place team in a three game series after the whole season we've grinded out to earn first place? Would you feel the same? Yeah, beat the eighth place team. You should so do it. That happens in the NBA. Well, you know, but they don't I, I know. I know. Three I know. A three-game series. series is a bit different, but get it done. You know what I mean? It's not not fair because they're worse. Yeah, and maybe maybe with the hundred and sixty-two games uh, next year, if they do get to play that many, they wouldn't have a three-game series to decide uh, between first and eighth. Maybe they will, but five five seems reasonable to me. After 162, to <laughs> I agree, but I also like them taking away the one the one game wild card uh, away. I do like that. I didn't mind the one one game wild card between bad teams, like when it's not involving a one of it the just, better teams. It stops a bit of action at the deadline, though, because the teams like, am I going to mortgage the future to get one player to maybe play in a one game wild card? Where it's like, okay, now. It's a three game it's a three game series. Okay, maybe maybe we'll we'll go out and try to get this guy and try to change our organization a bit here. Yeah. Well, but the deadline's already getting changed and stalled a bit by having so many teams that are in play at that time. Yeah. It's hard to know if this year's deadline was attributed to that or if it was um, just because of the pandemic, nobody wanted to take on money. Yeah, true. Okay, well, what what do we got going? We got going uh, on the mound tonight. Who's who's pitching? We got, we got Montgomery Ryu versus Montgomery to clinch the playoffs. Everybody, one win tonight, and we are going to the playoffs, and that's a fact. Are we gonna get it? Are we gonna clinch it tonight? You gotta like your chances with Ryu against Montgomery, and the way that the bats looked last night. You gotta figure that. There couldn't be a better situation for them to clinch than tonight in the entire series. That's right. And also, we, we get we get closer to balancing our season series with the Yankees. I, we're four and five against them now this, this year, I think. That's pretty good considering what had happened in New York and the pounding that we got. But we've pounded them just as hard. Like, it's so, yeah. it's just up and down. Like, we feel like we're the worst team in the league for a game. And then we're like just mangling the Yankees, who, you know, we think for a, a couple of games are the best team in the league. And here they are returning on their Death Star. Got a clinch tonight. And then this Baltimore series is just getting ready for the playoffs. Okay, well, we're getting ready for the playoffs, and we'll be back here tomorrow.